Why does one person experience incontinence and another does not? What is the secret to incontinence? In today's episode, I discuss a common problem many moms face postpartum, stress, urinary incontinence. And I share what I learned from Taryn Hallam, an Australian physiotherapist in her 2023 Pelvicon lecture. Hello friends, this is Lynn Schulte and you are listening to the Birth Healing Summit podcast. We are here for meaningful conversations that will transform the way you work with pregnant and postpartum clients. Whether it is a new perspective, tool, or technique, you'll be able to implement it into your practice today. I invite you to sit back, listen with an open mind, and grab the golden nugget today's guest has to offer. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking about the secrets to continence. And um, this is really, I'm kind of doing a little bit of a review of the talk that Taryn Hallam gave at Pelvicon. um, And it was beyond fantastic. So if you have gotten the recordings for Pelvicon, highly recommend put this one, put her talk on stress urinary continence at the top of your list because it was absolutely fabulous. She talked about all the different mechanisms of continence. And what got me so excited is it really helped me to understand why some of the things that I do are so effective in helping my clients become continent again uh, because stress urinary continence is a huge, huge issue after having a baby. And um one of the things that she was talking about is the uh, intra-bladder pressure and the intraurethral pressure, um, that there's a pressure differential that allows the urine to stay inside the bladder. So let's say there's there's five centimeters of water inside the bladder. There's 65 centimeters of water in the urethra. So that's the pressure differentiation because this is tighter. That keeps the urine inside um, and um, there's less pressure in the bladder. That's what helps to keep the urine inside. Now, if we were to laugh, cough, sneeze, and we increased pressure down on the bladder so that let's say 80% or 80 uh, centimeters of water comes down on to the bladder, uh, then we would have 85 inside the bladder and only 65 in the urethra and all of us would be incontinent. But that's not what happens. What she was explaining is that actually some of the pressure, some of the abdominal pressure from above hits the bladder, but some of it actually also comes down underneath and hits the urethra and increases the urethral pressure um, so that it remains higher than the bladder pressure. Um, So if, you know, 80 um, centimeters of water pressure is coming down into the bladder, maybe 60 or 70% of that pressure is coming to the urethra as well. And that's what helps to cause um, the pressure differentiation, which keeps the urine inside the bladder and keeps us from leaking. Well, I got excited about that because when she was talking about the height of the bladder and the height of the urethra, and that when we have a higher distance uh, distance from the urethra to the levator ani muscles, there's studies that show that distance, the greater it is, the more continent people are. The shorter that distance is, the more uh, incontinent people are. And so we want to maintain a higher bladder and urethral height from the levator anine muscles. And um, one of the things that I teach in my intravaginal protocol 
is the repositioning or the re the release work done on that anterior bladder anterior vaginal wall which includes the bladder and the paracerv- the pubocervical fascia um we're working with that to release tensions and help get that bladder more midline so that the pressures can come more evenly onto the sphincter to allow continence and so that's why some of my clients when i just do the closing of the bones and the manipulation of the the bladder or the anterior vaginal wall they are continent without having to worry about pressure management issues And um, so when I find that the bladder gets smooshed off to one side, then that the pressures from the abdomen can't reach the urethra as easily. And then more pressure is on the bladder and not as much can get into the urethra. And then that causes greater pressure in the bladder, which causes the leakage. But when you get the bladder back into midline, then the pressures can come and surround the urethra more to allow for um, pressure management and keeping the urine inside. Now, she also goes into um, a lot of information about the levator ani muscles and that the levator ani muscles just actually do a lift of the, the, um, from posterior to anterior, but their levator ani muscles do not compress the urethra. So they do not encircle the urethra. So levator ani muscle, um, function is not what is causing people to remain continent. Um, what that levator ani muscle tension does is creates a backstop. So if, um, it increases pressure back and if there is connection between the levator ani muscle and that pubocervical fascia, then there's this posterior pressure um, that hits the back of the bladder. So then when that anterior pressure from the abdominal forces pushes that against, then that creates um, the closure of the sphincter. So the levator ani muscles are not actually compressing and closing the urethra. They're creating a beautiful backstop so that when the pressures from the abdomen come down and hit the urethra, it offers it a compression from front to back. So that's really what's happening. And um, she was talking about the that we should be cueing more of the bulbocavernosis. So the, the more superficial muscles will um, help the urethra close more than doing deep cueing of the levator ani muscle group. And she was talking about the um, pedendal nerve and how the pedendal nerve actually has three branches, a rectal branch and then a medium branch, the, a middle branch that goes into the perineum and then, then another to the clitoris. But that middle branch actually has two, um, it branches off and has two um, nerves that one goes to the bulbocavernosis, bulbosponginosis, same muscle. And then the other branch goes to the urethra sphincter. And so if pudendal nerve is functioning well, then that can cause greater closure of the urethral sphincter. Well, the pudendal nerve comes from the sacrum um, and it can get um, compressed at Alcox Canal near where it comes out between the spine of the ischial spine and um, it can get compressed in Alcox Canal. And we um, uh, 
when we allow the levator ani muscle tension to minimize it, that will um, decrease the tension on obturator internus. So levator ani and obturator internus are connected with the tendinous arc, but it's also can influence Alcox canal and the tension on the pedendal nerve. So when we downtrain or we help the levator ani muscles to relax, that can take the pressure off the OA and, and increase space in the Alcox canal, decreasing the pressure on that pedendal nerve, which can allow the, the medial, the middle branch of the pedendal nerve that goes to bulbo and to the urethra to be able to function better. Well, when we address the positioning of those ischial bones here and help bring them in medially, we're slackening all that tissue there. Um, and so part of my work is, and what I teach is that if we address the bones of the pelvis first and get them in a better position and they're not stuck in an open birthing pattern, which is going to put more tension on the levator anis, the obturator internus, and hence Alcax canal, the pedendal nerve is going to have more pressure on it. And when we bring the bones back together again, we're now slackening that system, which can decrease the pressure off of the pedendal nerve which can help get that the signal of that nerve to the urethra itself. Um, so that um, was just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's why when you address the bones and the intravaginal protocol that I teach, when we assess pelvic floor muscle function initially, um, there's usually too much tension in the levator ani or they just can't function well um, that when we bring the bones back together and then we address that anterior vaginal, um, wall, which the bladder is right behind that. So we have the vaginal wall, we have the pubovesical fascia, and then the bladder, all of that we are impacting when we work with that anterior vaginal wall. And you can feel the difference from side to side, whether there's space or no space, and you can help create more space on one side that helps to, um, helps that entire structure, the bladder, the urethra, the, the pubovesical tension, all of that gets addressed. And then the, um, and then I also teach to work with the cervix, you get the cervix back moving in a better position and having more mobility that all helps the pelvic floor muscles to relax and function better, which takes the pressure off of the pedendal nerve and Alcox canal, which allows that branch to get to the urethral sphincter. So um, once we do get um, everything back in place there, her her cue was that, that we should be cueing more of the superficial muscles to get more closure of the urethral sphincter um, versus levator ani muscle tension. And I have to say that after just doing the bones and getting things back into place in there, things just function more automatically. And sometimes that's enough. You don't need to cue them to do anything specific that can stop the, the um, incontinence. Um, and other times we do, do more, need to do more of the cueing of the superficial muscles to help strengthen the urethral sphincter um, tension to be able to close that pressure off to keep continence happening. And um, 
that was just like, oh my gosh, it was so mind blowing. I loved, loved, loved that talk. And I highly recommend um, you listen into that um, at Pelvicon, uh, listen to the recordings. And I had to listen to it twice and I'd probably listen to it again, just to try to, to wrap my head around all the different things that um, she shared in there. This was a very tiny sliver of um, the information that she shared, but I was just excited to really understand more why what I do works so well with helping my clients to stay more continent. Okay. So those are kind of the secrets to continence. And um, I hope this is helpful in understanding it. I'm really excited. I hope to have Taryn on the Birth Healing Summit uh, next year um, and talking about stress urinary incontinence and pregnancy and um, the effects of pregnancy um, and what all that entails. So we'll see. Um, keep fingers crossed that we make that happen. And I want to thank you so much for listening in. And we'll see you all in the next episode. And here is to smoother births and faster recoveries. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Institute for Birth Healing. To discover more, visit instituteforbirthhealing.com. To claim $50 off of any online course, use coupon code PODCAST50 at checkout. Till next time, I'm Lynn Schulte, founder of the Institute for Birth Healing.